You're listening to the RV of Three podcast with your hosts, Dave and Corinne Yandel. And of course, Odin Pierre, our French bulldog pup. We are three new to full-time RV life, but not new to travel and adventure. Like most adults, we had successful career jobs, homes, and lots of things when we first met, none of which filled our need for travel and adventure. We left that to open and run a successful gym for seven years, but still something was missing. With jokes of going tiny for years, we felt, if not now, then when? So we sold what we could and packed up the rest to hit the road. This podcast is all about our trials and tribulations of full-time RV living and, of course, some fun times, too. If you like our show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on Instagram at RV of 3 Testing, testing, one, two, testing. I think we're good. Good. Awesome. All right. Because we have a new cord. It is finally fixed. I still don't want to touch it. Nope, don't touch the microphone. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome back. This is episode 28. And it is currently 80 degrees inside of our RV. We try to let it just heat up as much as possible. Yeah. Because the second that sun goes down, it instantly snaps all the heat. I definitely feel like, I don't know, it was downplayed how cold it can get out here in the, in the desert. So we <clears> kind of like were a little duped into thinking that it was like, oh yeah, it's mild winters and you only get 11 inches of snow. But it, it's I so mean, dry. So it doesn't <laughs> snow a lot, which is great, but then it's just been cold. It has been cold and a little windy, which adds to the cold. Um, in comparison to the Midwest, now granted, they've been a little warmer than us right now. Overall, though, like their winter is going to be way worse than this. Yeah, and the winters, you know, I mean, it doesn't last long. It starts to heat so. back up early March. And so, yeah. Um, so they, they have a... Less of a season, whereas back I think home February it starts to eat warm up. Yeah, February and then into March because we got in here in April and it was great. Yeah, so, it was glorious. Um, I definitely think that we didn't we underestimated the cold. And before we get into today's topic, which is going to be discussing cold, mm-hmm. we're going to do our icebreakers, and then we'll specifically talk about what we're talking about so, today. So my icebreaker for you is with our upcoming backpacking trip. We talked about it in the last episode. We haven't gone yet. We leave tomorrow. What is, like, your comfort item for backpacking? Like, something that you're like, look, I'm willing to add this weight because this is just something that I want with, but it's not something that would be necessarily a need. Mm. I have so many things on my brain for you I mean, that you should say. Would have I would have thought you would have said. That's in my pack? Just in general that you bring backpacking that's a comfort item. Well, typically it'd be a weapon, but we're not we're not really bringing weapons this time. Yeah. Extra food. That's your comfort item. I guess, yeah. Because <laughs> it weighs a lot, and it's yeah. it's the heaviest two items in your backpack are water uh, and food. Yeah, so for the most part. Everything else is pretty light. I would have assumed put... you would have talked about the coffee. You're carrying that. I said in general. Yeah, I'm carrying that. Yes, but. in general, coffee is is a must um, for, us. for us. So I yes. like I like having coffee, but I, just the an extra food, mm-hmm. just in case, you know. Yeah. Wa- and then I've been able to have obviously water. Those... To me, extra food is not a comfort item because it is a survival item. Hmm. 
So it's like you have to have it. You're saying. Like just something, like Rick's bringing his chair because he doesn't want to sit on the ground. He thinks he's too old to be sitting like that. All right, I guess then our comfort item, if we're gonna go that route, would be our um, extra inflatable mattress. It's yeah, thicker and bigger. Um, what is it, three inches thick as opposed to the thin, thin ones that yeah. we've taken before? But it definitely plays a role. Like you're, you don't sleep the greatest in camping, which is like the worst, yeah. but that is the one thing that definitely makes sleeping in a tent comfortable. Yeah. Um, so much better than sleeping in those thin ones that yeah. you just, I can't get comfortable in those at all. Right. So having the bigger one, um, it's just, it's like a comfort item to me because yeah. I love sleep. So, and I'm like, if we're going to hike, you need to rest. Yep. So you got to be comfortable. All right. Mine for you, since we've been RVing and going full time, what has been your, I guess, proudest moment or proudest achievement of being full time RV? Proudest moment? Yeah. Being full time? Like what's been your like one thing that you like look back on and you're like, I'm the most proud about that so far. Hmm. That's a good question. I guess. Oh. I guess I'm just proud of how like that I drive, too. Mm -hmm. And like can do all those things and like that I help dump the tanks and you don't know, understand, you know how the rig works. So. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, so today's episode talking about the temperature fluctuations and most specifically cold weather. We've seen this a lot in groups talking about newbie mistakes and you know, it's not as simple as I guess you, as, as anybody would think, you know, it's when you get into an RV, a lot of people don't know or they forget or they're so used to the apartment life, their home life that like it's this little things that you don't think about and that you have to take precautions in an RV. Um, because the temperature swings in the RV are so much more significant. Specifically, freezing pipes is what we're gonna kind of talk about today. Yeah. Um, you have a, free, a frozen pipe and that's gonna cause issues. And we're talking about it because several things happen. A, I'm in a campground that I'm constantly letting the people who are coming in know, like temperatures are gonna be below freezing. Make sure that you're unhooking your hose and closing the, the water, um, you know, and, and just going off of your, your tanks inside your unit. And then also in the groups, everybody's like, oh my God. And then we saw someone's water filter froze because yep. it leaves water in it and it cracked it and broke it. Um, we saw someone else's, um, had water all over around their unit. Not real sure. I think it was a filter again. Yeah, pretty sure it was a filter that busted. And I think their filter was potentially in their basement. Potentially, yeah. So not like the biggest problem. Because like I think it just drained out the bottom. But I don't know. Yeah, um, so there's several things. You've got black tanks that hold water. Yeah. You've got gray tanks that hold water. You've got your fresh water and, tank. And you have to, and you've got your fresh water tank, your water heater. Um, and you got your hoses and your lines that run through and water can cause serious damage to an RV Yeah, especially because most of the wood is laminate So if any of it gets wet, it's gonna soak it up like a sponge expand and then it's gonna look like crap And, just and there's ruined. so many factors that go into When and where and how hoses and pipes might freeze That it's more than just like oh, it's cold. Yeah, because wind chill plays a factor their exposure plays a factor Do you heat your underbelly like? 
Yeah, and that's where it, you definitely have to know your rig mm -hmm. um, and take those necessary precautions. So there's, you know, we've talked about, we have had a podcast in the past that how we survived in a cold RV in, yeah. the, in, the, in April when we were in, before we left in Wisconsin. But this one, again, you know, like, what have we learned since then and now, yeah. you know, and what we took precautionary-wise? So one of the things that, um, I guess I didn't realize how cold it can get here in the desert. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been hitting the teens at, at night right yeah. now. Um, so when we saw that, we were like, oh, we're not going to be able to, you know, one of the options, the easiest way is just turn off the water at the spigot, unhook the hose and let it drain out. Yeah. But then you want to make sure that any, any, if you don't have a heated underbelly, that you drain your lines because you don't want that to freeze. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, one of the things that we realized quickly was like, well, we have to get a heated hose. Mm -hmm. um, and that thing's been pretty good. And there's a lot of things, again, that go into this. Are you stationary? Yep. And is it an inconvenience to be undoing your hose and emptying your lines in your tank every night? Yep. Or are you someone who's moving? Like, we've done that when we came out here in April. Things were cold and below freezing. We were moving every day. So yeah, we so we just had, up. We, we had areas so we'd make sure we filled up jugs of water mm -hmm. and used that. Because um, we didn't want to fill the lines and fill the Not convenient long term. It wasn't. But it was enough to, you know, for drinking, quickly washing something, and then um, that. So... You know, it's it's definitely something you really have to pay attention to, and uh, you know, we're just specifically talking this hose right now. Is is we'll link it what we used in our in our bio here on the show. Um, it's been great. It's, it plugs in on the inside of on our belly, so we have a plug underneath there where mm -hmm. the hookup is, and it has like this heated um, cord that runs through the insulate. So it's insulated hose and the heat heated coil runs through that hose and i talked to someone else who has the same hose and actually likes it even in summer because it keeps the hose protected from the sun so you don't get like that algae and bacteria mm -hmm. growth yeah too. that's a good idea so um the nice thing about it is it has a temperature probe it. it has a temperature probe on the other side mm -hmm. and the temperature probe kicks in when the temperature dips below i think it's they say 45 degrees mm -hmm. so it starts to kick on um so it wouldn't even if you have it plugged in in the summertime if the temperature is above 45 it's supposed to shut yeah. off um, but you know, if you're worried about it, I guess unplug it. Yeah. And the nice thing about this heated hose as well is like what we discovered, which again, I think like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But until we actually saw it, we didn't realize. So it's attached to the spigot and it actually kept the metal of the spigot kind of warm. Kind of warm. Yep. It, we still had an issue one night. It got down. I think when it, it when it was still in the twenties. <laughs> We were able to keep the spigot warm. But when it dropped into the teens, the spigot actually froze. There was a small bum, freeze bum, in it. Bum. And the water froze. It was not our lines. It was actually at the spigot. So then what did we do? Yeah, I was going to just say. So this prompted us to do the next thing, which I think we were doing anyway. Just Amazon took forever. Um, so one of the other ladies here um, is full-time. She's been here for over two years. So this is her second or third winter. And um, she had found like a sack, an insulated sack that goes over it um and so you just go on amazon you just gotta find the right one for the right rot. like this is an outdoor spigot cover mm -hmm. there's sprinkler cover and all these other things so make sure you get the right size um and that goes over the entire spigot and the heated hose and then we took foam insulation like pipe insulation and wrapped that around the um part of the 
pump that was like sticking out of the ground up to where yep. the spigot head is. Yep. And the nice thing about the cover is it cinches down, but it encloses most of the heated hose. So the heat from the hose actually heats up the bag and there's insulation in it. So it kind of keeps that whole uh, spigot warm and it's been dropping down into the teens and we haven't had any issues. Mm. We haven't had to turn the water off. Yeah. Um, so we'll link that in the bio as well. Mm. I think the, the, the one thing you have to consider, luckily ours, our hose runs up into our garage or our underbelly mm-hmm. and the hookups in in that basement area mm-hmm. um, where our basement is a heated basement. The, when the furnace is on, it kicks on and has a, a, a I guess a register you'd call it yeah. that pumps the hot air in there so it stays warm. The people across from us just got their heated hose today, but they're, they have an airstream, and so the hookup is, is exposed. It's just yeah. a little hose piece. So even though he has a heated hose, he had to be careful because he's got the, um, the water filter exposed like where about. the hookup is mm-hmm. on the RV. Um, so he had to purchase a hose that had a, it's like a, the heat part expands off, so it's extra longer, and then he can wrap it around. Things his, he needs to keep warm Right, as well. so for he's wrapping it around, it's kind of wrapped around his um, water yeah. filter, yeah. so that doesn't freeze. Um, yeah. I think the, the, what is the problem with freezing? Why are we worried mm, about Because ice expands! <laughs> so I think that, I think... People maybe don't under under or maybe underestimate mm-hmm. is that when water is freezing solid, it expands, and that can cause um, your pipes to split. Mm-hmm. And you might not notice it right away, but once that ice thaws out, that's when you have your issue. Yeah, and that's the main concern is you don't want those those lines to mm-hmm. split. And the difference between our rig and his rig too is which direction we're facing. So to be fair, he's got a little bit of an advantage because his water hookup faces north. And majority of the time, the winds are coming out of the south. Yep. So he, he's not getting direct hit where his water is being put in, whereas ours is getting more of a direct hit yep. because all of our water lines are on the south side. Yep. <clears throat> so. so another thing we did is we have a water softener unit, mm-hmm. and we had to make sure that that was protected. So we put that into our um, basement, too, because it's heated, because mm-hmm. we obviously didn't want the water to expand and break that. Mm-hmm. Um, so some considerations, too, on the inside and at nighttime. So right now, it's 80 degrees in our in our RV. We tend to keep our fireplace unit on pretty much all day. We'll turn it off for a brief stint in the afternoon, like mm-hmm. when it gets to this 80-degree mark. We're like, all right, it can go off. Mm-hmm. And then once we start to see that temperature start to go down, once the sun starts to go down, we have to it make sure... It drops quick. Yeah, it drops really quick. So we got to make sure that we, we turn that heater back on. The heater is not enough itself to maintain, and I do no, know... No, because it pretty much just heats up, like, the main room, really. Mm. It doesn't... There's nothing pushing it to the back bedroom and the front bedroom. And then, obviously, there's nothing pushing that heat. Heat rises, so it's not going to go into your underbelly mm-hmm. and protecting your hoses or your lines, and it's not going to get to the um, your black tanks and gray tanks, which is, you know, a lot of people I know... It's, again, comes down to you understanding your rig... Make you know some rigs have a pad, and you know you can actually buy these. Mm-hmm. They're like a heated pad that you put on the bottom of your gray tanks and black tanks, so that mm-hmm. keeps warmth. And they and, and they go off it. like a twelve volt, so <clears throat> they work when I'm pretty sure yep. when you're boondocking. Yep. And I want to get one of those eventually, yep. um, but you got to make sure you know them. We don't have them, so our our tanks do not. So we make sure that um, our tanks are not more than half full. Mm-hmm. Try to, if we know that it's going to be really cold, we'll drain them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your sewer hose outside that connects, making sure all the water is out of that. So you got to kind of pick it up and make sure all the water um, stays is out of those lines yeah. after you after you after you drain. Yeah. Um, but go back to this 
furnace or the heater that we have, the space heater, yeah. um, it can, the problem with it is, or the great thing is it does help, it helps save how much the furnace has to work. Yeah. Um, but the furnace, we still keep on around 64 degrees, mm-hmm. 62, 64 is generally where we have it. So it kicks on intermittently through the night, the coldest parts, um, and it helps keep the underbellies warm enough where mm-hmm. the lines don't freeze. Yeah. And that was our big concern is the, a lot of times these furnaces can trick your thermostat. And if it's too warm, you notice like, oh, it's great. It's 70 degrees in here. Well, it just tricks your thermostat. The furnace never turns on and then it's not pushing. Yeah. And anything air. that's not right in the immediate path of the fireplace is, is exposed. not nearly 70 degrees. <clears throat> Another thing that we did, obviously, to save a little bit on propane and just in case, let's just say... Um, we run out of propane in the middle of the night because I talk about a lot of people mention that like oh ran out of propane at 3 a.m. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're not checking that, which I'm surprised how well we do, but some people blow through it, and I guess it depends on if yeah, you're supplementing here how has, big your rig is. Yep, I told you another couple here has gotten propane three times in their less than a week trip, and it's cost them over eighty dollars. Yeah, propane's expensive, but they must be running everything off of propane. Yeah, so we don't cook, remember, as much, very much on mm-hmm. propane. It's just really for the heater, um, and we use it sparingly if we're going to cook or bake. Very sparingly. If we're going to bake, not cook. Well, we cook off the, the propane if we use the oh the outdoor grill. The outdoor grill. Yeah, we haven't really done that. Um, so to supplement, obviously, we use our furnace, our furnace, or our um, fireplace fireplace heater. And then we purchased a like a thirty dollar ceramic heater that we put into our other underbelly um, behind the false wall, which faces all the lines. So it's like right behind. It fits right behind our water heater and kind of points towards all the water lines that come in. And we have it there. I have it set on the very lowest setting. So I think it's like it, I mean it has to get pretty cold, but it will keep up because it's only like meant to really heat about 150 square feet. Perfect for this little small area, but just kept it on small, but we made sure we got one that has overheat protection mm-hmm. and then it turns off if it falls over for whatever reason, because yeah. obviously space heaters can cause uh, fires. And then if we're not home, we, we unplug, unplug it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> obviously we don't want to cause issues. So it's pretty much like in, when it gets cold at night, if the furnace kicked off um, and our interior will be fine but yeah if it doesn't we don't want that those water lines to freeze so we have it there as like a fail safe yeah and it doesn't kick on very much right now when we first got it we did i've adjusted it now where it really doesn't it's that if you know that it's on if, if the furnace is off basically yeah. so yeah um and a lot of that has to do with because the basement is underneath our bedroom. Yep. The first couple nights where we did have it where we wanted it so that it could stay warm, it honestly just, like you said, heat rises, came right in our bedroom, and we were just melting. Yeah, it was pretty. It kept it, 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 kept it pretty. I mean, yeah. if, it was, if it got any colder here, I might turn it up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's actually where the temperature's set right now. It's perfect. It doesn't yeah. kick on. Maybe it kicks on. Maybe I heard it like once yesterday. I don't hear it. Um, I hear the furnace. I don't hear it. Yeah, I heard so. it once yesterday, and then once the furnace kicks on, the furnace kind of regulates and keeps it warm enough yeah. that it it, it t- turns off. So it's yeah. really just the thought. So, so those are some of the things we have done. Yep. Now we know not everybody can spend money like that and has the opportunity for that. Or again, maybe you're just boondocking for a night, or you know, in an area for short term, and you don't want to like because again, there's limited space in your trailer. Yep. Like you can't keep things for all the things. So if you're not going to purchase some of these things, then like Dave talked about, like you have to be unhooking your hose. You might want to um, empty your tanks and get jugs of water, things like that. Um, 
What are some other things we've seen from, oh, depending on the temperature, like if you're right at that freezing and you're like, mm, I don't know how this is going to, you know, going to get that cold or not. A lot of people will trickle their water, Yep. you know, so just keep like a little tiny it just keeps the water moving stream through so the, the water moves and it can't because moving water can't freeze. It can if it's cold enough, yes. but um, like if it's right around that, if it's a thing, it's if it's gonna be below freezing for longer than eight to ten hours, mm -hmm. then you know the, the trickle yeah. won't work. But if yeah. you know if it's like warm in the day like ours, we get up to around the fifties right now. Yeah, like it when drops. it first started getting cold, it was only just tipping down to just below freezing for like two hours before right. the sun came yep. up. It would be like four or five a.m. and mm -hmm. so. That prolonged hard freeze yeah. is when you want to, you have to worry about. But if it's just a few hours, mm -hmm. yeah, trickling works great. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen people put the skirting. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. But a uh, trick to tr to this, I've seen people do it. There's one lady here that does it, but um, I don't know if she has the heater. But what they do is they put the skirting around to help that the wind, you know, it insulates obviously and the wind doesn't blow underneath the rig. So it keeps you a little warmer, mm -hmm. helps insulate. And then they put a space heater under outside yeah. under their rig so that keeps things because obviously the heat rising through that i've seen that mm -hmm. that's pretty cool um some other things that maybe not your rig but you need to understand your rig is the low point drains mm -hmm. um some people's so these low point drains when i'm referring to this there's two it's a red and a blue one it'll be sticking out um and exposed underneath your underbelly basically. oh yeah i had no idea what those were i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> they're low points that's how you drain out yep. the lines mm -hmm. um so some if you people were winterizing and doing other yeah, things too. Some people don't have like we have our our knobs are on the on, on the end of the hose, so they're exposed. Mm -hmm. Some people's are in their underbelly, and you have to turn them from in there. So really, that part then that's hanging out is not exposed. There's no water in it, so they yeah. don't have to worry about it freezing. Yeah, ours is full of water. Floor. Ours is full of water. So we took. Um, we went to the hardware store, got the pipe insulation. It's just this like black. Like we use for the spigot. Yep, black insulation. We taped it up and put it together. And the reason we did that is because um, the hot water line is actually warm. So that being up against and then insulated with the foam over it will keep it warm because there is warm water in it mm -hmm. um, and it's not exposed. So that's yeah. how we're going to protect ours. I have seen other people do, they get, uh, they've, you can take a five gallon bucket or build your own type of bucket and then you can put. I've seen they line it with like a bunch of towels mm -hmm. or you can buy insulation on the inside of that bucket and you <clears throat> put it up over and then mm -hmm. you just have to raise it up so that the pipes stick inside so of the bucket. So you put like a, yeah, like your stacks or something. And I've seen the levelers. same, I've seen the same, they, we went to a campground once and they, he had that. It was, um, they, he had the inside of a five gallon bucket lined with um, insulation. That was over the spigots so we could still hook up. And then he also had, um, there's like a, there's, it's called electric tape kind of. It's like a heat tape. You plug it in and it sticks. And then he had that wrapped around the spigot. Mm -hmm. So it actually was really warm. And then the heat fills up that bucket. And um, that's what he did. So the spigot didn't freeze. That was yeah. pretty kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, it's been kind of amazing how many people are admitting that things are freezing and busting in their rigs. Like I just saw someone like, how do you defrost your gray tank? Yeah. Like that's tough, man, my man, because it doesn't get above freezing for a prolonged period of time during the day. Like that's it's not gonna thaw. And we, our great tank froze when we were well, the, in South Dakota. Just the the relief valve or the yeah. The, there was the, very little water in there, but enough to stick it shut, and we yeah, couldn't, couldn't dump. open it. So I was like, all right, whatever. So, but what I was also gonna say is these people who are admitting in the groups that they've made these rookie mistakes 
are not rookies. Mm -hmm. So it fucking happens. We all do it. I'm, you know, we've made our mistakes in our RV living. I have made no mistakes. (laughs) You know, so we, we share to help other people realize like, the mistake, like you yeah. always have to be due diligent. You can't just assume. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, we can sit there and say like, oh, how did you not know that? Like there's things even in your house that, you oh, know, absolutely. Like how many things have broken in your house and you've had to fix it? I mean, you can bust a, a pipe, you can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just simple. Yeah. It's things that you just forget. Yeah. Maybe you're tired. And thought I, you did something. I really think the biggest factor for things freezing is wind chill versus it just being cold. It is the wind because the wind will whip around the pipes and the hoses and the inlets and just really, really, really make things so much colder. So sometimes when people are like, oh man, I just did not think it was going to freeze because it wasn't getting that, that much below freezing and it didn't the night before. Well, what was the difference? Much windier this night than the night before, mm-hmm. which added that extra element. Yep. And the final piece of advice that you could do is like, you know, underneath your sinks um, is where the lines come in. You could open up mm-hmm. the cabinets. So, because obviously the, the yeah. pipes are usually up against the wall on the exterior. I mean, these, these walls are super thin. They're not as insulated as a home, mm-hmm. um, as well as a home. So, even though they're rated as three season, I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, it's rated for, for all seasons. Like, it is to a point. Like, you still got to do something. Like it's our, livable. Our RV windows, most RV windows, are single pane. Um, so they're not, like, you can feel the cold coming through that window. One of the things that we did was the 3M plastic wrap over some of the windows that are exposed to that southern um, wind because that's where all the wind comes from. So mm-hmm. it's just knowing your rig, taking the necessary precautions, just trying your best. Hopefully these tips and tricks um, help you. You know, no one's perfect and you're still gonna have those mistakes. Like even I did the other day, I was like, oh, I got the heated hose. None of my lines froze, but it froze at the spigot um, before we got the cover. And yeah. it was like, wow, okay. Could have been an issue. Yeah, luckily it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that maybe too is another th- false, maybe a false flag is like, oh, well, I've done it before. It hasn't yep. happened yet over and over time of that expanding and ex- retraction, expanding and retraction is going to cause a weak point at some point. Um, and it's just, when is it going to do it? And yeah. it's very expensive yeah. to fix. So, All right. I agree. So quick tips. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it helps. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. If we survive our grand train. <laughs> if we don't freeze. If we don't freeze. Yeah. It's going to be pretty damn cold. So uh, we'll cuddle. We'll be fine. All right, guys. See you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RV of Three podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Share with your friends and give us a five-star review. Want to see what adventures we are on right now? Follow us on Instagram at RV of Three.